to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. A lot of times in your life when you witness to somebody and thought you were a failure and probably later on that person got saved and saved a thousand other people and you never know about it until never really know I mean you're just supposed to do what you're supposed to do you don't really know what the result of it is sometimes you see the results and that's wonderful sometimes you don't but in the future you find out and you may never find out until we get to glory and then that person will come up you know what happened to me and then you'll understand praise God hallelujah isn't God good isn't it great to be a Christian? Thank you for your excitement this morning. Praise God. All right, take your Bibles. Go to Colossians chapter 1 again this morning. Colossians chapter 1. We were there last week. We're going to look at it again. You're going to find out as we continue to teach that you have divine ability on the inside of you. Say, I have divine ability in me because Christ lives in me. That makes sense, don't it? So you've got divine ability in you. But that divine ability really goes to work when you understand your heavenly identity. Identity and ability go together. In other words, the Bible talks about the old man and the new man. When you start to understand that you have been made a new man by the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, the power of God hooks up and the ability in you really starts to operate in your life. And that's what God wants to do. He wants to change our way of thinking. He wants to get you off your performance and onto his performance. In other words, what he did for you, not what you're doing on a daily basis. If you're focused on sin all the time, you're never going to progress much in the Lord because the Lord's really not that involved and excited about sin either way. Sin doesn't hurt God. I was told, you know, whenever I sinned, I put another nail in Jesus' hand and I'm pounding it in and, and Jesus is screaming more and more. But that's not it. Sin hurts you. Sin keeps you away from your relationship with God. Sin is simply breaking the law. How many of you ever went too fast in the car and sinned and got caught by the law people? Yeah. And then we want to get mad at the law people, but the law people weren't the problem. The people who sin going too fast were the problem. It's the same way in the spirit realm. When you sin, it, you're the one that's going to have the repercussion. They're not going to arrest God because you sinned, for God's sakes. So you've got to understand that it separates you from God, separates you from your purpose. That's why we don't do that stuff anymore, praise God. Hallelujah. All right, Colossians chapter 1. Look at verse 24. Paul says, Whereof I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. In my life, I want to fulfill the Word of God. Every part of the Word of God I want to fulfill. I want to fulfill by His stripes I've been healed. I want to fulfill I have joy unspeakable and full of glory. I want to fulfill I have the peace that passes all understanding. I want to fulfill all those things in my life, and I can do that because Paul was doing it. Verse 26, even the mystery which has been hid from ages and from generations, but now, when? When? Now Now is made manifest to His saints. How many of you are saints? Thank God. Verse 27, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now we found out the day that you were born again, not after 25 years of coming to TCVC, but the day that you were born again, you became number one, one with the Lord. 
The Bible says, as he is, so are we in this world. Jesus prayed that we'd all become one together. Now, what is one together? Well, he compares it to being married. So basically, I've been married now for over 40 years. I've been with Becky even longer than that. And we have been become one the day we got married. And the day you got born again, you became one with God. What does that mean? That means that a lot of times I know what Becky's thinking even before she says what she's thinking. I know what Becky likes. I know what Becky doesn't like. See, and when you become one with God and you start to grow with him, you're going to find out what he likes and what he don't like. You're going to finish his sentences sometimes. See, you can become one. You can just speak and think you're speaking, but you're just finishing God's sentence, and he's trying to relay it on the inside, but you're ahead of him already because he said it a million times, and it comes right out. So you're becoming one with him at the same time, basically. There's that oneness there where you know what they're doing, know what they like, know what they dislike, know whatever. So God wants us to become one with him, and we do that by changing the way we think. So here's Christ. Christ says, or here's Paul. Paul says, i got a mission. I'm going to preach Christ in them the hope of glory. That's, that's what I'm going to do. That's my ministry. Now, why did he preach Christ in you the hope of glory? So that you would hear and believe that Christ was in you who's the hope of glory. Isn't that why we preach, the, we preach the gospel so you believe the gospel? See? Because the gospel has no power unless you believe it. The gospel is the power of God to them that... Not to them that don't believe. The gospel's nothing. So he wanted to get us to believe. What did he want us to believe? Not only was Christ resurrected, not only was he ascended, not only was he seated at the right hand of the Father, but now he actually dwells on the inside of each and every one of us. And the more revelation we get of the ability and the power of God on the inside of us, the more we will have visible proofs in our life that he has been raised from the dead. Like James was talking about a little while ago, a healing. How many know when that takes place? People realize that Jesus is alive and he's been raised from the dead. Now, if you don't do anything, there's no supernatural workings in your life, then, then nobody knows that he's raised from the dead. You can tell him, you can point it out in Scripture, but people need proof. Yeah. Even if you go to court, you need proof. You need evidence, and we are the proof providers, the Bible said. You will go around and be a witness. Say, be a witness. Be a witness. We don't go around to go witnessing. We go to be a witness because we're witnesses. So Paul preaches Christ is in you. Why does he preach that? So that every man, look at the next verse, verse 8, whom we preach warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect or mature in Christ Jesus. Now that tells me this revelation is important. If I'm going to become mature and perfect in spiritual things, then I need to get this revelation here. And here he says, every man. Say every man. Every How man. many of you are included in every man? So notice, it's available to every man. Everything that Paul did, everything that Paul understood, every revelation that Paul got, we can understand it. How many believe that he was anointed to preach it? Since he was anointed to preach it, we should be in a place where we can basically receive it and get the same revelation that he had and operate the same way that Paul did. Why? Because it's the same Christ on the inside of each and every one of us. You don't have a part Christ. You don't have a little Christ. You get Christ himself lives on the inside of you. So Paul preached it so every man could be made mature. Made mature. Say, I'm mature. I'm mature. The more mature you get, the more you relate your oneness to him and who he made you by a miracle. Say, by a miracle. By a miracle. Now, if you want to do this yourself without the understanding of the miracle, you're going to live in what's known as religious Christianity. What is religious Christianity? It's finding out that he is holy, but I'm not holy. He is righteous, but I'm not righteous. He's wonderful, but I'm terrible. He's this. See, what are you doing? You're separating yourself from the oneness of him. 
So what am I going to do? Now I've got a desire to be holy, but I'm not holy, and he's holy, and I want to be holy. So in my own works, I'm going to try to become and I'm going to fail because I can't do it in my own. So I'm going to come into agreement with him that, hey, you made me holy the day I got born again. Praise God. It was by a miracle on the inside of you. Now when I agree with the Christ on the inside of me, the power of Christ allows me to walk in holiness by his power, not mine. Are you listening this morning? This is all religion, see? Well, I'm going to become righteous someday. I'm trying real hard. Are you righteous? No, I'm just a worm, but he's so wonderful and I'm so terrible. As long as you keep that mindset, it is keeping you from the ability you have on the inside of you and the power of God on the inside of you. Jesus prayed, let them be one. Please let them be one. Let them be one. And the church teaches you, you're not one. You shouldn't be one. You're terrible as one. It won't work. So any preacher you run into, any person you run into, any TV evangelist you run into, anybody you run into who separates you from your oneness with him is denying you the ability that you have on the inside of you. See? Who lives on the inside of you today? Is it Christ? Okay, then if somebody's comparing you to Job, Job doesn't live in you. Well, I just deny the Lord all the time. You're not Peter. Peter don't live in you. Christ lives in you. So I want to connect with the Christ in me. I want to take on my heavenly ID in order that, my, that what's on the inside of me can come forth and manifest Christ into the world, but he can only do it by agreement with you. He, you can't be low and him be high and anything happen in your life. You're separating. And you've got preachers preaching that kind of stuff, and you've got people telling you that kind of stuff. Even your parents when you were growing up. You're never going to mount anything. You're probably going to end up in jail. You're just terrible. You're just this. And what happened? You turned terrible. You went in jail and you did everything else, praise God. Why? Because they were putting an identity on you at that time. But once you get born again, notice, somebody moves in. Hallelujah. See, God went house hunting. And he found a house he likes. And that house he moved into. And when he did, he brought all his possessions with him. When he moved into the house, just like you do. So inside on you is godly wisdom. On the inside of you is godly knowledge, godly power, godly understanding, God ability. I'm the most patient man in the world because God made me the most patient man in the world. And since I agree with me, I live in Christ's patience on the inside of me coming out. Oh, I don't have any patience. I'll never be patient. I'll do my best. I'll hold my breath. I'll count to 20. I'll do whatever. You're never going to operate in it because you can't operate it in your own power. You operate it in from the ability that's already on the inside of you. Come on, you've got ability on the inside of you. So I'm going to agree with that ability on the inside of you. Praise God. Glory to God. And let me just say this. One of the biggest problems in the church right now is your belief of what value you have to God. The whole church believes they're losers. The whole church believes that God's mad at them. Oh, he's up there ready to judge me. He's after me. No, you're valuable, praise God, to God. You are important to God. You're not unimportant to God. My goodness sakes, he put you here for this time and this hour for a purpose here, and you're very valuable to him. Jesus came along and said, look at the lilies. Look at the birdies. I feed them. Are you not as good as them? Most Christians say, no. No, I'm just a worm. I just can't do nothing. I'm unimportant. No, God values you. You are valuable to God. You are important to God, praise God. And you've got to get that idea in your mind, praise God, and change the way that you're thinking to understand if, if I'm valuable to God, then I must be valuable to do something, praise God, rather than always trying to. And then we, we don't believe it, so we try to live up to value. I'm going to become valuable to God. Well, how are you going to do that? I don't know, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Or they'll tell you, you need to become valuable to God, then not tell you how to do it. You know why? Because you can't do it to begin with, so there's no sense telling you to do you what you can't do. So they say, you need to do better. Well, you ain't going to do better unless you believe you are better. Amen. Amen. Yeah. 
It doesn't come from your works. It comes from your believing. Will you believe the gospel or not? The gospel never calls you a loser, never calls you a worm, never says God don't like you, never says he doesn't care for you. It's not in the book. It's in religion. And we thought that lowliness is humility. Oh, they're so humble. So humble. They hate themselves. They go around weeping all the time. You should be weeping. If you really believe you're old man, you better do a lot of weeping, praise God, before it's over with. Because that's not who you are. I'll tell you what, God loved you too much to allow you to stay the way that you were. Aren't you glad? And aren't you glad? I heard somebody preaching the other day on how to become a new creation. I wanted to hear it because I wanted to know because I didn't know you could become one. So I listened to it, and you got to try, and you got to struggle, and you got to pray, and you got to fast, and you got to. No, you just got to believe I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. Try, put that on for size. And when you do that, you'll start acting like who you believe you are. For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So we just want to believe the word, don't we? We want to believe it. I'm not a loser. God's not mad at me all the time. God cares about me. God's got a purpose for me. Well, they've got one, but I don't have one. And, and there's, there's a division coming now between the self performers and the God performers. I can see it. It's splitting. He said he came to put a sword, and this is one of the sword he's bringing. People are going to take advantage of what Jesus did on the cross, believe it, and start operating in the power of God like never seen on this earth before, or they're going to stay here, and they're going to die. They're going to go to heaven, but they're going to live in religion their whole life, struggling and fighting, trying to be more like God, trying to do their best for God, trying to please God. You please God by faith, faith in what he already said. So I don't believe I'm holy, so what are you going to do? You're going to chisel away. Chisel, chisel, chisel at my unholiness. Chisel, chisel, chisel. And then I'm going to get discouraged. And then I'm going to not go to church anymore because what they're preaching to me ain't going to help me anyway. I've tried it and I've struggled and it doesn't work. And you're going to get discouraged and you're going to have a desire to do this and a desire to do that. But it's only by the divine ability on the inside of you that you can do anything. Not by might, not by power, but by my. And where's the spirit? And it works by agreement. By agreement on the inside of you. So whatever you want to agree with, if you believe you're a devil stomper, then I'll tell you what, the ability on the inside of you is going to start stomping some things that come around your life. Come on now. Well, I can't do that because I don't do that. James is a devil stomper. I just bring the devils to be stopped. Oh, you're a devil stomper. You're a water walker. You're full of the power of God. The Bible says you're more than a conqueror in him, praise God. That's what God says. I don't care what preacher Joe says. I don't care what mom says. I don't care what grandma says. I don't care what my best friend says. God says I'm more than a conqueror. So I'm going to believe I'm more than a conqueror. And the more I believe it, the more the ability on the inside of me is going to let me walk like more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus, praise God. I'm going to walk in the peace of God. It's already on the inside of me. I'm very peaceful. It doesn't matter if everything's going around out here. I'm just going to be peaceful. Why? Because i got the ability to walk in the peace that passes. Yes. See, the only peace you can walk in without the knowledge of God on the inside of you is the peace you can understand. Oh. Everything's going great. Then everything falls apart. Oh, I got no peace at all. Where to go? Ran out the window, whatever. But no, when you got Christ in you, you can live in the peace that passes. See, we run into situations and circumstances and say, where are you, God? God says, I'm here. Where are you? God, come down. And we're looking up here, and we're looking over here, and we're going here and going there. And right here he is, praise God. He knows what you're going through. He's right, right there in it with you. But he's got a word to bring you out of it, praise God. He's got a word to do something for you. Now watch how Paul worked. Look at verse 29. He says, Whereunto I also labor to do what? To, to give a revelation of the mystery. I strive according to his working, which works 
in me mightily. So what did he do? He said, well, if you want me to preach and teach people the indwelling, that's what I'm going to do. I am a teacher of the indwelling Christ living on the inside of people. And as soon as he agreed with that, the Christ in him started preaching the Christ in him to other people so they could get the revelation that Christ lives in them. He didn't do it by his own power. He didn't do it by his own struggle. He did it by an agreement with what God had called him to do. And once you agree with what God calls you to do, you can just follow the ability of God all the time. Now, if you don't agree with it, you're going to do it in your own ability. Equals failure. Every time equals failure. So I'm going to agree with what God has told me to do. He told me to pastor. I decided I'm a pastor. I wasn't going to pastor 20 years and finally say, gosh, I'm a pastor. I guess I am a pastor. No, I'm an anointed pastor. Then it went on. See, I found more stuff. I'm an anointed pastor. I'm a patient pastor. Praise God. I'm a victorious pastor. Hallelujah. I'm more than a conqueror as a pastor. And everything that I agreed with started operating in my life to where I walked in peace and joy. When I first became a pastor and didn't know all this other stuff, it could have killed me. You know, that was a death sentence unless you keep growing. Because you've got to keep growing and find out the attributes that come with your call and how you can operate in those things that are in your life. And then it's not my ability anymore. It's Christ's ability in me. I can do all things in him who strengthens me. Well, where is the him? He's on the inside of me, so I want to live the inside out, praise God. The Bible says if you're willing and obedient, you will eat the fat of the land. Well, a lot of people are willing, but they're not obedient. Why? Because they don't have the ability to be obedient to what they're willing because they don't have the revelation that it's Christ in them that does it who's the hope of glory. It's a lot easier to do these things when you understand that God lives on the inside of you, praise God. So you can be willing and be willing all your life and never do anything. But when you become obedient when you understand that the ability you need to do the will that you have is already on the inside of you and his name is Christ that's on the inside of you. All right, go to Ephesians chapter 3. Praise God, it's early yet. It's really early yet. All right, Ephesians chapter 3, look at verse 1. Paul says, For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ for you Gentiles, if you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God which is given to me to you word, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery as I wrote afore in a few words, whereby when you read you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by who? The Spirit. So here's Paul says, uh, what do I preach about? I preach the mystery. He's telling him again. I preach the mystery. What is the mystery? It's the indwelling. It's Christ on the inside of people. Paul got a revelation. Say a revelation. revelation. Now there's a difference between revelation and head knowledge. Head knowledge is something you call up from your head every now and then that has no power, but a revelation is something that you know, 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 that you know. And you only know it because of the Word of God. In other words, you can read, I have peace, but as soon as a storm hits, you're going to be digging around up here, and there's no power in that to do it. So it's going to come by hearing and hearing and hearing. And this is why the Word of God is so important, why people don't grow, because you've got to be in the Word of God for this stuff. You've got to like the Word of God. You've got to love the Word of God. You've got to spend time in the Word of God. You've got to listen to tapes. Otherwise, you're never going to get a revelation of anything. And you're going to live a soulish life. You're going to be fine. You're going to be up, down, all around, everything else. You're going to be all right, die, go to heaven, and everything's fine. But I want more than that. 
So I want a revelation of Christ on the inside of me. I want a revelation of me being the most patient man, of me living in peace, of me living in joy, of me having God's wisdom for other people who need God's wisdom. Some people come up and say, what do you think about that? Well, I don't know anything. I can't really counsel. I don't really know nothing. I can't really help you. Well, how are you going to cooperate with the Christ in you talking that way when all the wisdom you need is right here on the inside of you and you won't connect with it because you're still thinking you're impressing God by your lowly attitude? See, some people, the lower they make themselves, the higher they get with God. I'm a worm. I'm terrible. Oh, God likes that because it takes him up higher. He ain't going to get no higher. See, he's already as high as he's going to get, see. The only thing is, he has raised us up and seated us together in heavenly places, far above all principality, power, might, dominion, and every name that is named. But we won't go there. We're down here in our mindset and everything else. Here we are. Here we sit. Someday it'll happen. When I get to heaven, it'll happen. Oh, it will. Yeah, there's going to be a big transformation when you, get, when you die and go to heaven. You're going to see who you really were and wonder what you were doing. <laughs> see? You're going to get up there and say, wow, I could have did that, could have did this. I had all this power and everything, but now I know I've got it. And who are you going to heal then, Peter? <laughs> going to cast the devil out of Paul? No. That power is not for heaven, for God's sakes. It's for right now on this earth. This is where you need it right now to understand that Christ... The anointing of God, the power of God lives on the inside of each and every one of us. And I'll tell you, the early church had a revelation of this. Look at Paul. My God, they drowned him, they stoned him, they killed him, they beat him. He got bit by a snake, and he just refused to die. <laughs> he wasn't done yet. Bit by a snake, what'd he do? Shook it off in the fire. Look at them natives, see him, he gets bit. They go, <laughs> What are they saying? He's of the devil. He's going to die. And then he lived. They went, he's of God. That's like most Christians. One thing's of the devil. One thing's of God. They just flow with everything. But no, he wasn't going to die. He had Christ in him. And he knew that he had a call in his life to do something. He'd already agreed with that call. And no devil was going to take him out before he completed what Christ was going to complete on the inside of him. He was going to go to Pilate. He was going to go to those people. He couldn't die. It was impossible for him to die. He was going to get there, praise God. Didn't make any, bite me all you want. Bite, 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 do whatever don't make any difference. You look at some of the, the apostles, old, the apostle John, they boiled him in oil. Do you know that? Yeah. And he walked right out. Do you know that? Yeah. Never bothered him all. Thomas, praise God, put in the fiery furnace. Didn't even get burned. Came out. Why was that? Because they knew Christ lived on the inside of them and nothing was going to change that. So, so don't put yourself up with doubting Thomas. I'm just like doubting Thomas. I just can't believe God. Well, that's where you're going to stay your whole life, live in your own ability, get your own results, and struggle with the rest of the world. But if you want to step into the supernatural power of God that's on the inside of you, you do it by agreement in what he did. Now look at verse 5. Which in other areas was not made known unto the sons of men, it is now revealed unto his holy apostles, Paul. How dare you call yourself holy? How dare you do that? nobody's holy there's one holy only that's God but see Paul knew he was holy I mean this probably made half the people he wrote this to mad but notice he was holy why was he holy because he's holy you're righteous because he's righteous he is your righteousness he is your holiness he is your sanctification he is your everything and he lives on the inside of you now you've got to agree with him of who you are you know who gets upset at preachers who operate in the power of God and the Holy Ghost, preachers who don't. 
They're the only ones. You'll never see a preacher who operates in the Christ in them get mad at another preacher of the Christ in them. Only the ones that don't do it want to get mad at them and say it's a hoax and nothing works and everything doesn't work out. Why is that? Because they don't know. They don't have the vision of Christ in them. They have a God who's way up there. You know that? The big man upstairs. He's upstairs, praise God. And half the time he's paying attention and half the time he's not. Depending on what he's doing that day and how many issues he has to deal with that day. It all matters. They pray to the big man upstairs. They talk to the big man upstairs. I mean, you, you got the big man right in here, praise God. The Bible says he's through all of you and in all of you. So he's on the inside of me. He's right here. There's nothing to it, praise God. So I don't want to, and here's your, main, here's your main problem. Not the pastors, not other people, not your friends, not your parents, your mind. You're the one separating you talking yourself out of who you really are. Because every time you make a mistake, you want to magnify the mistake rather than magnify the, the freedom you've got over here. Oh, I did this. Oh, I did that. Who cares what you did? Get back over here and stay over here on who you are. You're a new creation. New creations don't act that way. Praise God. What do they do? They do good works, the Bible says. I was created in Christ Jesus to do good works, powerful works for God. That's who I am, praise God. If you sin, repent and move on. But as long as you focus on sin, people say, well, I'm just that kind of person who always suffers from rejection. Yes, you are. You are. Congratulations. That's who you are. You're that person who's always going to suffer from rejection. Yes. Enjoy it. Have a good time with it. Because that's what you believe. And you can have whatever you believe. I'm a loser. Have fun. I'm broke. Praise God. See, God never called you broke. And thou shalt say that thou was broke, thou was poor, thou was terrible. No, it's not in the Bible. It's in here. Because that's who you once were. But now you're changing by the renewing of your mind to the word of God. And when you see the word, you're believing the word, who you are, what you can do. And it'll come from God. It'll come from the Christ on the inside of you. And he will give you the ability then to do anything that needs to be done in your life. All right, look at verse 6. That the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of this promise in Christ by the gospel, whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power, Unto me, who am also less than the least of the saints, is the grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make a few men see, some men see, pastors see, evangelists see, to make all men see what is the fellowship or the union with the mystery. What's the mystery? Christ in me. So I want to have a union with what's inside of me. I want to have fellowship with the Christ who's on the inside of me. And all men can do this and all men can see this basically because Paul could see it and he's teaching other people by the anointing of God to do it. So every time a thought comes, and this is why the Bible tells you to cast down. We just think we cast down things because if, if, I'm, if I'm tempted to eat my fifth candy bar, I cast down that thought. Well, that's fine, but what about the thought that's telling you you're a loser? What about thought tells you can't do anything? What about thought tells you weak, that you're a sinner? That all, those are the thoughts you get rid of, and if you get rid of them, you won't be looking at the fifth candy bar anymore, battling with it, because your identity will take care of your stupid thoughts. See, once you believe you're righteous, sin won't scare you so much anymore, because righteous people don't sin. The Bible in Corinthians says if you'll just awake to righteousness, you'll sin not. Not fight sin and fight sin and fight sin and fight sin and hopefully sometime become righteous. No, awake. Wake up Hallelujah. to righteousness by the blood and sin 
not. I won't sin anymore. But we, we sin. Talk about sin. And got to get rid of sin. And this is the sin you're doing. The more sin they preach at you and the more you believe it, the harder you're going to have stepping out of it. See, you've got to find out who you are and your heavenly identity that's there, praise God. Look, at they come up one time and, and Paul casts out a devil. And then, then these sons of Sceva come. And they're going to cast the devil out. How many know that didn't go very well? If you don't like running around naked, that's not the thing to do. No, what happened? The devil looks at him and says, Jesus we know, and Paul we know. Why? Basically the same. But we don't know who you are, and you in trouble. What? They had no identity. They just saw somebody doing something, so they thought, well, this worketh. Let's give it a shot. How I many know it didn't give a shot very well, did it? No, they needed to change their identity to that place. See? Pretty soon it's going to be Jesus I know, Paul I know, James I know, Tom I know, Mary I know. Why is that? Because when your identity comes up there, the devil knows what you believe and who your identity is with, praise God. But the identity has to change, and the only way it's going to change is by you through faith in what God has already told you, not through your works, basically. All right, now look at verse 10. This is good. What's all this for? To the intent that now, when? Under the principalities and powers and heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. There's coming a day when the mystery is going to be made known not only to people but to the demonic forces who are out there by the people who have the revelation of the mystery. In other words, people are going to, blind spirits are going to know. Deaf spirits are going to know. Cancer spirits are going to know. Depression spirits are going to know. They're going to know, praise God, that this revelation is coming forth because it's going to be Jesus Christ living through men. Amen. Let me simplify it. Through me. It's up to you. You make your own decision. Living through me on the inside of me. They're going to see the power of God. They're going to see this coming. They're going to tremble when you come up beside them. They're going to know what's going on. Why is that basically? And then we'll no longer have to pray and ask the big man to come down and do something. Because a big man's in me and he'll do it through me. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, go to Luke chapter 10. There's a great and mighty army in the earth today, dressed in splendid armor, bearing full array. The hordes of darkness tremble when they walk their way. There's a great and mighty army in the earth today. So let's shout, let's shout the victory. The enemy is under our feet. So let's shout, let's shout the victory. For great is our king. Oh, great is our king. Oh, great is the king of kings. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All them old songs are coming to pass. You know, understand, all those Word of God songs that they used to play all the time, Word of God, Word of God, Word of God, then we got in, off into feely and emotion and touch me and feel me and do all this stuff. But you go back to the Word of God songs, those songs are going to come yes. to pass. Amen. They are going to worketh. That's all we listened to back in my day was Word of God. These people sang nothing but the Word of God and put it to music. And that stuff sticks with you. Just, just as, oh, Susie, oh, Henry, oh, help me. All that stuff sticks with your emotions and feelings too. But this gets in your spirit, praise God. You start seeing a mighty army and being part of that army, praise God, that's full of the power of God and the anointing. You see the hordes of darkness tremble as you walk their way, glory to God. And all these songs back in that day, and those were 20, 25 years ago they were doing it. You can't find them anymore. But they're out there, praise God, hallelujah. People say you're old school. No, I'm old kingdom, glory to God. Sorry, Charlie. All right, Luke chapter 10. Let's look at verse 1. 
And these things the Lord appointed other seventy also, and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself would come. Look at verse 9. We'll go back to verse 8. And into whatsoever city you enter, there receive you, eat such things as they set before you, heal the sick that are therein, and say unto them, The kingdom of God has come nigh unto you. So here we see Jesus. He takes 70 people. He puts his anointing on them. He tells them what they're going to do, and he sends them out. Why does he send them out? Because he wanted more people doing this than just him. He wanted 70 other people, so he sent them out. And before the cross, Jesus said, it's better for you if I go. Why is that? Because when I go, I'm going to send somebody by the name of the Holy Ghost, and the Holy Ghost is going to live inside of people who get in the kingdom of God, and this is going to be taking place all over the world by those people who come into the kingdom of God. All right, look at verse 17. And the 70, remember he sent them out, returned again with what? Joy, Joy saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. Now, these are 70 disciples that never did anything like this before. Jesus just said, go out and cast out devils. Go out and heal the sick. Go ahead. I, I wish you to do it. And they go out and they start casting out devils. And they come back and said, you ain't going to believe this. <laughs> Jesus, you ain't going to believe this. We're casting out devils and they're leaving. It, basically, what was happening was devils were doing what Christians were telling them to do. Devils were running around saying, a Christian made me do it. See, we always want to talk about the other way. The devil made me do it. Well, let's make the devil do something then, praise God. We always want to look at the losing end of everything. Let's look at the winning end of everything. So the devil, they were going around, the disciples, telling the devil to shut up, and he did. They told him to let go, he let go. They told him to flee, he left. And notice, not only the devils, but he says the devils, verse 17, and the seven to return, even the devils. That means some other things were lining up with the way they were talking, even beyond the devils. They were saying other things. Be healed, be set free, be filled, be whatever. Praise God. They were saying it was taking place. Amen. And tell them the kingdom of God has arrived. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. All right, look at verse 18. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Jesus said, Behold, I give you the power of authority to tread on serpents and scorpions over all the power of the enemy, and nothing by any means shall ever hurt you. Now look, he didn't say, just walk around, everything will be fine, you won't be bothered by any serpents, won't run into any scorpions, everything's going to be great. No, he said, just keep walking, just keep doing what I tell you to do, and when you come to a serpent, when you come to a scorpion, you are supposed to do nothing but walk on them and keep going, keep them under your feet where they belong. Notice, God doesn't want you to be impressed with demonic activity. He wants you to be impressed with your divine ability. And we talk more about devils than we do divine ability. You've heard more sermons on devils than you have divine ability. Why? Because we're always emphasizing the wrong thing. Once I find out the divine ability I got, I can't find a devil that equals that. You can put the whole hordes of darkness together and they're not going to come to the power of the Christ that lives on the inside of me. He walked the earth for three and a half years and proved it. Everybody came to him, he cast him out, he threw him off to the side, he did whatever he needed to do. So notice, even the devils, praise God, were subject to sickness, to disease. They were subject to anything that they said. All right, look at verse 20. Notwithstanding in this rejoice, not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written where? Amen. So when I got born again, that tells me I entered the kingdom of God and I got put on a registry up there. Tom Karras, citizen. 
Hallelujah. Got my citizenship papers. You got your name on there, and it said citizen of heaven. You're now a citizen of heaven at this time. But he says, don't rejoice in your ability. Rejoice in your identity, because through your identity, your ability will work for you. So, so we don't we don't say a great, you know, great, I got this great ability. No, you got the ability because you got the identity. And notice they both came from who? From Christ. They all came from God. It's all, it's all God from start to finish. Now look at verse 21. And in that hour, Jesus rejoiced in his spirit and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent and has revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, for so it was good seemed good in my sight. So here's Jesus. He sees what's happening. He's seizing these ignorant disciples who he told to go do what they wanted to do. And they went out and they did it. And he's seeing the results of it. And Jesus said, he got full of joy. I don't know how full. But I know he got full of joy. So he got full of joy. And he says, it's so good because to see these people, not the wise and the prudent, not the Pharisees who think they know everything, not the Sadducees who think they got it all figured out, but these ignorant people of the kingdom of God just start doing what I told them they could do, and all at once it worked out for them. That's why sometimes people who just get born again operate in more stuff than we do who've been in church for 30 years. You know, they just get born again. Somebody says, well, now you've got God on the inside. You can heal people. All right. They don't say, how do I do it? What if, what if it works or not? They just say, oh, I can do that. Fine, that's good. They go out laying hands on people. They start getting healed. Then they come in and testify, and then you're mad at God. Come, he's working through that person. <laughs> they got saved. I mean, I've been taking care of bingo and cleaning the toilets and doing everything, and I can't do nothing. And this person walks right in the church, and they start casting out devils. This is ridiculous. I've never seen anything like this. Yeah, they, they, they're now all fogged up in their brain, praise God. They just understand what somebody told them they could do it, so they thought they were a devil caster out there, and they started doing it, and when they did it, it worked on the inside of them. What did they know? They knew two things. Their name was written in heaven, and the devils would do whatever they told them to do. That's all they knew. And how many know it worked for them? See, so our identity continues changing. When these thoughts come in your mind about you being low, nobody likes me, nobody cares, nobody called me, nobody invited me, all those things are there to separate you from the power and ability that you have on the inside of you. All right, go to Luke chapter 17. All right, Luke chapter 17, look at verse 20. And when he was demanded of the Pharisees when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God comes not with observation, neither shall they say, Lo here, lo there, for behold, the kingdom of God is where? It's within you. So wherever Christ is or the Spirit of God is, there is the kingdom of God. I mean, they're one and the same. The kingdom of God. Now, what is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God broken down is basically Christ's rule in the earth and in your life. The king ruling, being in the kingdom of God. So the kingdom of God is Christ's rule. When did Christ's rule come in? The day that you got born again. Christ came on the inside of you. Now he wants to rule you through the inside of you. That means you're going to have to agree with the king in order for Christ to rule through you. Are you following me? You can't disagree with the king. 
I mean, you got to do what the king says you can do, be who the king says you can be, do whatever needs to be done. And once on the inside of you, you'll hear Christ's voice. How many have ever heard the spirit of God on the inside of you telling you things? So we want to do that. So my prayer at the beginning was a long time ago, anything that separates me from the ability in me, I want to be aware of. And I want to cast down that thought and definitely that imagination and bring it into the obedience of Christ who is ruling on the inside of me. Are you following me? So whatever comes in your mind that that puts you down, that degrades you, that takes you down, that is not God, that is the devil. If you sin, get over it. Repent and move on. Don't wallow around in the mud forever, praise God. And most of you by now probably aren't even sinning that much. I mean, when I first got saved, I had to repent every 30 seconds. It's just the way it was because I didn't know. You know, you didn't know. And the Holy Ghost is checking you on the inside. It's like, don't do that. Don't do that. What can I do? Don't do that. Don't do that. But the more you read the word of God and find out who you are, when you find out you're righteous, you'll stop sinning. When you find out your patience, you'll stop blowing your top. When you find out you're blessed, you won't worry about finances anymore. And there's just a thing. If you don't like and, and agree with the value that God has for you, you've got trouble trusting him. Will God do that for you? I don't know. He don't like me very well. You know, I don't know if he'll do it or not. Probably not because he knows everything I did wrong. No, 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 no. That's you with that low value again. And, and I mean, you have, if you have an enemy, how many know they're not going to bring you a $100 bill? So, so you don't think you're going to get one. But when you understand your value with God and what he wants you to do and how much he wants to do things that you're wondering whether he will or not and that you're a blessed person, praise God, hallelujah, it makes a big difference in your life. God can then give you the entire and you know what it does? It pleases, ple- pleases him to keep from you the entire kingdom. That's what I thought the scripture said for years. No, to give you. The, he wants to give you everything in the kingdom from the power to the peace to the pay. He wants to give it all, but you're blocking it. Sitting there blocking it off. I can't receive it. Here's the best one. I don't deserve that. Well, let's just run down a list of things you did deserve so far. <laughs> And would you really like what you deserve anyway? <laughs> no. You don't deserve any of this stuff. It was freely given to you, and your only job is to believe it. You read in Hebrews chapter 11 where they're talking about all the great feats that the old people did. Moses did this, and Abraham did that, and this one did that. But all of them did it without receiving the gift they never got here. They could see it in the future. There's going to be this lifestyle where you can live in the power of God with God on the inside of you. But how many know they died before it got there? They were sawed asunder. They were cut down. They were killed. But basically, there's a generation coming who's going to understand that. I tell you, we live in the best time in the whole time. I don't know why people are waiting for the next generation or whatever. But this is a generation right here that's going to shake with the power of God. And there's kids out there, young adults right now, looking for something of value, looking for something to belong to, and looking for a power. That's why they don't, they're empty, so they're drugging and they're doing all these things. Man, you fill them up with the power of God and the anointing of God and turn them loose. And I'll tell you what, these young people will be filled just like that, praise God. Because they're all looking for something. They don't know which way to go. They don't know what to do. They don't know what they're hungry for. But we know and we can give it to them because Christ's on the inside of me. So every time that I preach to one of them, I'm just going to rely on the teacher in me. I don't know what to say. Your father says, I'll give you what to say. When the time comes, see, we want to have the script, don't we? Oh, there's a guy over there. Let me see how you use B, B16. He looks like a B16 script to me. And then you go read it, and they look at you like you're nuts. No, because he's already on the inside of you. And at the time, he will give you what you need to say. But we'd rather have the script, wouldn't we? Just in case we go and choke up. 
But no, he's on the inside of me. He'll tell you exactly who that person needs to know, exactly what you can say. You may even read their mail. Praise God for it. It's over with. See, this is a daily thing. It's not just a churchy thing. It's a daily thing. You've all got that ability on the inside of you to, to pe speak into people's lives every single day. Praise God. And it's on the inside of you because God lives on the inside of you. So what I do and what I suggest you do, you might want to study Paul's writings. I mean, if you want to get a revelation of the revelation that Paul had and he wrote down so you could get the revelation, I would read the revelation that Paul has so I get the revelation of what he wrote down so I have the revelation. <laughs> Is that too deep? No, it's simple, ain't it? So I started studying Paul. I looked at Paul. I studied Paul. I saw what Paul did. I saw how Paul reacted. I saw what Paul did, basically. And notice what he did. His speech and his preaching was not just with enticing words of man's wisdom, but his in a demonstration. Where did that demonstration come from? Demonstration of the Spirit and of power, praise God. So not only did he preach the word that Christ gave him, Christ backed up the word that Christ gave him so Christ wouldn't be a liar. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Say, Christ in me. The hope of glory. He lives on the inside of me. This morning, I change my identity. I am rich. I am blessed. I am patient. I am peaceful. I am holy. I am righteous. I am victorious. I'm more than a conqueror. I'm a water walker. Devil stomper. Victory walker. I live in the power of God and I believe that the God who lives in me is going to start to live in me, flow through me, set the captives free. I will hear the voice. I will obey the voice and I will fully expect God's power that he gave me freely to start to operate in my life. All right, if you believe it, give the Lord a shout this morning. the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added.